Ditch the fairy tale, princess. It's time to step outside the status quo and blaze your own trail. The path littered with setbacks, successes, and newfound passions. Why? Because when you break away from the script, you start to pursue a life by choice. One that is all yours. Live unscripted and rewrite your life. Hey girl, I wanted to introduce you to our latest brand partners here at Unscripted, JFF, Journey to Financial Freedom. If you've ever felt like your finances are the thing that is holding you back from truly reaching your potential, then let me introduce you to these guys. They help online coaches, consultants, and the likes of us organize and streamline your entire financial world. By doing so, they give you the clarity and empowerment you crave to confidently scale your empire. Not only do they help you shoot for that dream life, but they've got this unique blend of tactical and emotional financial strategies. They dive deep, addressing money at an emotional level because they know it's those underlying beliefs and behaviors that can keep us stuck. They're passionate about transforming your relationship with money by aligning your deep-seated beliefs with those big, dreamy goals. So with JFF, you're not just achieving financial mastery, you're reshaping your entire mindset for success and empowerment. They have a vision beyond the numbers. They believe that with a solid grip on your finances, you can turn your business into a force of good, making a lasting mark on the causes close to your heart. Imagine not only achieving your financial goals, but also creating waves of positive change in your community and beyond. So how are you vibing with your finances lately? Let's level it up together and make an impact. Jump in with JFF and bring those dreams to life. If you want to hear a little bit more, tune into episode 234 with the girl, the hype girl, Steph, who we dropped in and shared a little bit about my backstory and my finance trauma and all the things in between and why I am jumping in and becoming a part of the JFF family. And you can too. Now let's jump into today's episode. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm excited to have my girl Katie on the show today. She is somebody that I met through Keisha's events. If you don't know Keisha, she is the host of Empower Her Podcast, and she is one of our mutual friends and one of your bestest friends who just freaking married you. So Katie, I'm so excited to have this chat with you and welcome you to the show today. How are you? I am so good, and I'm so excited to be on. I still can't believe that Keisha actually married us. I loved it. Literally being like a fly on the wall via Instagram scroll, I was like, that is the coolest thing ever. I mean, I've seen other people marry their friends, but like a pregnant woman, was she 34 weeks pregnant up there? (laughs) It was the coolest thing. It was so great. It was sort of like, hey, you MC me my event and then I'll MC and ordain your wedding. I'm like, deal, let's go. I love that. Oh my gosh. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about how like I found you through her events. You were on stage leading the workouts. You were the host this year. This this year's Empower Her. Where where did Katie start? Like you didn't just wake up one day with a podcast and a and a business. And MC and shows and like, you know, doing all the things. So walk us back a little bit to wh- where you were and then how you got into the world you're in now. I know that's, we only got, you know, the day. Right. How much time do we have for this podcast? And so honestly, I get asked that question all the time. Like, where did you start? How did you do it, Katie? Like I see you now, but it's not, re- it's also recognizing that there's like a whole other journey and aspect. I think a lot of times we have this idea that a post is going to go viral or somebody just always had this community. And most of the case, or most of the times, that is like not the case at all. I actually started very much like you in the beauty industry. I was a hairstylist for Aveda for eight, nine, 10 years. I struggled with my health as a hairstylist. I mean, you know how it is. The days are really long. You're packing in clients, you're double booking, you're shoving food in, you're living off of coffee. And I not only was very unhealthy myself, but I also noticed so many women feeling really unhealthy and really self-conscious. 
I had women where they would want me to put the cape on them before I sat them down in the chair. They'd want you to turn the mirror around. And I just broke my heart. And it honestly broke my heart for me that like the majority of women did not love the way that they looked. They didn't feel good in their skin. They didn't feel healthy, happy, confident. And that is what really started me to have this like burning fire to help women on a deeper level. I obviously loved doing hair. I loved the beauty industry, but I was like, how do I go deeper with women and help them more? And that started with my health journey first, taking back control of my health, getting certifications, getting schooling. Then I sort of dabbled in like the hair fitness industry. I started a page called Beautifully Conditioned. I'm like, that's a great name to bring the two together. (laughs) And then I just transitioned completely into the fitness industry and building my own business Because from hair, I went into gyms, but in like big mainstream box gyms, they're all about numbers. They're not about helping the individual. And I'm like training women for 30 to 60 minutes a couple of times a week isn't even touching on the things that we're actually struggling with. So what if I started my own business? Oh, my God. I love that so much. And beautifully conditioned is a great name. So if anybody (laughs) needs that, I think you should grab it from her. Um, (laughs) It's not trademarked. So it's all you. And see, I love those little pocket nuggets of like how you decided to make a change because those are the key things that I think a lot of people are sitting in feelings like that, but don't know what to do as like a next step or to change something or to walk away from something that they spent eight, nine, 10 years building and growing, especially if it's that clientele based business. For me, it was very much that I actually did the exact same thing where I started personal training clients. I doubled down on the clients I had behind the chair who were interested in watching me go through my change when I started competitive bodybuilding, which wasn't exactly the most healthy version of getting fit, but it led me down the path of understanding there was somewhere in between that I could fall into. So I love that we share that. And that's why one of the reasons I definitely want to have this conversation today, because I have such a huge um, community in the beauty industry still that maybe doesn't want to move away from the industry, but wants to add something or to have a deeper impact. So I I love that you took action on that, but it couldn't have been easy to make that decision to change. How did you remove yourself from what you'd been doing for 10 years? It wasn't easy at all. And I was in a position where now I felt lucky. Then I felt like it was being taken away from me. But I ended up working for a big box gym that also had a salon in the bottom of it. And they would not allow me to continue to do hair and train. I had to pick one or the other. And as much as I loved hair, I knew that my life wasn't going in that direction anymore. And it was much more leaning towards the health industry. So I had to make a really, really scary decision. There's been multiple points in my career where I've had to make scary pivots. And I think we we always see a need in the industry, right? We always see a need that needs to be filled. And we have this idea and we're like, nobody out there is doing it. So it's probably not going to work. But if we shifted that rhetoric to nobody out there is doing it, so we know that's like a void that needs to be filled. We know that's a gap that needs to be bridged. And what if we just started to make steps towards doing that? I mean, we're literally one decision away from our life looking completely different. And if there's anything I can tell you, if you follow my story at all, it's that your life can literally change at the drop of a pin. It can look completely different in one year if you just start to make those choices in that direction. Mm. So true. Oh my gosh. And yours has changed like crazy. Even since I've known in the last two years, it's it's changing and evolving. And I think it's because if you're open to growth and you're someone who's proactively like seeking that out and you're doing all the things that you know you need to be doing, you start to attract the right people into your life and you start to be able to build relationships in ways that are meaningful and impactful. So, I mean, I just want to skip to the good part because we started with your wedding. <laughs> that was a bitch. Yes. <laughs> your little journey unfold. And I was like, oh my God. 
for one, you're getting married before me. I was like, wait, I started dating. I was like, I love when people just know. And I think when you know, you know, I love that yeah. saying. And I think it's so true. And also you're in that season where you're ready. I think when opportunity yeah. meets preparation, right? You've been preparing yourself, getting yeah. you right. And then when the right person came along who was also done the work, it works. It just works. It's so good and so fun to watch. It is. And you don't think it's going to happen. And then all of a sudden it naturally does. And this was him. Him and I have both been married before. So I think when you've been married before, you are crystal clear on what you want. And when you really know who you are, like you're not willing to give energy to people that aren't willing to help you do you better. Right. Because you're so happy on your own and you know who you are. And I never had that until I went through this like big season of healing until I left Michigan. For those of you that don't know, a couple of years ago, I literally drove an SUV from Detroit, Michigan to Denver, Colorado, left an abusive relationship. I didn't know a single person in Colorado. And in all of the craziness of moving, all of my stuff got stolen. I was part of this moving scam. It was the most wild roller coaster of a time. Literally slept on an air mattress for three months in Colorado and ugly cried the whole time. Like, what did I do? Like, why did I make that decision? Why didn't I just stay? But there were multiple reasons that I just really had no choice to come here. And I knew that something would happen. I knew that in this season of loss, of losing it all, the relationships, the comfort zone, the network in Detroit, all of my things that Yes, it's a loss, but I was also granted this opportunity to rebuild my life to whatever I wanted it to look like. And that's what I did. Oh, my gosh. That's huge because a lot of people would have sat in that victim mode and and go back to what is comfortable. I, I, I've been run back with your tail between your legs. Like, this is the universe telling me I made a fucked up decision and that's why this happened to me. And yeah. oh my gosh, I mean, we're human and I've done the work, but I still would have probably been thinking those thoughts, hence the ugly cry, I'm sure. I'm sure you thought many times of like, fuck, I might as well just like, I have nothing. But something kept you there because you had that, what, intuitive knowingness that you were meant to move on, do something different. I mean, yeah. I think as women, we don't listen to that. Even though mm -hmm. you knew the situation wasn't great, what kept you in Denver making those moves and saying, this is this is what I got to do. This is my next steps. Yeah, a lot of conversations with my mom. <laughs> my poor mom got so many phone calls, like never in my mid-30s that I ever think I'd call my mom crying so much. But honestly, the biggest thing was that my my health and my body was telling me that this was the right decision. I was under an immense amount of stress when I was in Michigan. I had lost my cycle. My hair was falling out. And as a hormone coach and a health coach, like I, it was almost like I knew better, but I didn't understand the impacts of the stress that was happening in my life. And when I came to Colorado, even though I didn't have that chaos around me anymore and I, it, my life still felt a little bit crazy, it was a different kind of chaos. There was a safe feeling here and there was a feeling of like newness. And it was almost like I was being gifted this opportunity and I knew that Michigan wasn't serving me at all in any way. So I knew I had to figure it out and make it work. I told myself just one year, Michigan will always be there. Just make it one year in Colorado so you can say you did it for one year. And at about the nine to 10 month mark, I knew that I wasn't going back. The three month mark, I was like, I cannot wait to get my ass back to Michigan as soon as possible. And now I, I wouldn't, I love Michigan. It's always my home. My family's there, but... Colorado is where I'm meant to be. I love that so much. So talk to the person listening right now who is like, oh my God, I could never leave, even though I maybe don't love it where I'm at. So many people use that as an excuse. And I say that with so much love. 
but they use it as an excuse as to why they can't grow a business or they can't do the things that they really want to do or they can't find the community because either they're in a small town or they're stuck where they're at. Here's the girl who did the damn thing, got all her shit stolen, sleep on an air mattress for three months. Living proof. This is why it's so fun to have these conversations on these podcasts, right? You know you have a podcast where you share a lot of good shit too. But I love just hearing the behind the scenes of it wasn't all roses and sunshine. You didn't wake up one day with everything being given to you and it wasn't like the easy paved road. There's a lot of things you had to go through in order to get to where you're at today. Because if you open up your Instagram right now, you look like this thriving, healthy, happy, you know, amazing person. And that's great. And we always want to highlight the things that are working to help people. But, you know, pulling back the curtains and being vulnerable and sharing the real shit is what I think is the most impactful piece that we can do. And it's why I'm so happy to like be in this space and, and know people like you who are sharing that because it makes us feel more connected, more relatable, right? Yeah. We always want to talk about like how we got there and we want to talk about the good things and how far we've come and the growth mindset. And I love all of that. But I think as humans, we forget to talk about what parts of us we had to let go of in order to get there. We don't talk about the messy seasons, the ugly cries on the kitchen floor, the things that we truly like maybe broke us or broke our heart or whatever we went through. We love a glow up, right? But it's really understanding that that comes with a lot of hard decisions and with a lot of heartache and with a lot of scary things that might happen, fear that might come up, even failures, which I've learned to redirect the word failure now because for most of my life, I would have thought like, this is failure. Even though you saw me in so many different ways growing, I was always definitely the most hard on myself. But that's why I started Crying Burns Calories, my podcast, because I'm in my 30s, right? I'm 33 years old starting this podcast, and I just got out of a divorce. I'm moving across the country to a city where I know nobody. And outside looking in, it would have looked like a failure. I would have looked like a mess, but I wanted to bring people along the journey with me. And up until that point, I was so scared to not look perfect on social media, and I just released this fear of... I don't care if I fail. I don't care if I don't look perfect. I don't care about what anybody thinks of me because what if it worked out? What if I tried and it grew? What if it turned out better than I possibly imagined? And once I clicked into that mindset, it was like go time. I love it. Did you along the way when you moved to Denver reach out to anybody? Did you join communities? How did you reestablish yourself in a brand new city? Yeah, I almost had to like go on dates with girls for like friendship dates. And that like led to some really strong friendships and led to some like, hey, that was great coffee. Probably will never see you again in my life. Like just not my jam. Loved connecting and meeting you. But like that's probably going to be it. Never did I have to have those conversations. It felt like more natural than dating guys. But I just decided to say yes to everything. Once well, I'll I'll actually pull it back because the first two to three months were a struggle. I didn't want to go anywhere. I moved here in December around the holidays. Like everyone in Colorado was up in the mountains, right? I don't ski or snowboard. It was like ghost town here. I didn't know anybody and it was middle of winter. So I stayed in my apartment for the first two months. And then I was like, Katie, you got to get your ass out. You got to start getting in communities. And so I used Instagram as a source of that. Like Instagram hashtags are actually such a good way to find different communities in cities. Like I could type in Denver female entrepreneurs, right? Denver networking and just try different groups. And now I have these amazing people in my life, this support system and friendships that I feel like I've had my whole life. 
even though I've only had them for one to two years. But I also was able to work on myself. So I was able to hold deeper relationships where I think now that I think about it in Michigan, a lot of my relationships were more surface level because my life just was in general. Yeah, that makes a ton of sense. And and it's true. You had to be proactive to go out and find the people that you wanted to become friends with. I love that. And it's so funny because for a short while, I'm dating someone who lives in Arizona and I'm in San Diego. I got really into the Arizona community and thought to myself, why don't you put as much effort into San Diego? You, you know, it's because I'm from here. I had those friends growing up. So we did, I didn't look at it the same way. But as I'm moving into different areas with the podcast and growing my business, I'm like, I want to find different groups where these conversations are welcomed in a different on a different level, if you will. Yeah. You know, and sometimes you need to shift your environment for growth, too. If I really think about it, I could have done a hell of a lot more in Detroit. I had a huge network there, community following And I didn't take advantage of that because nobody ever challenged me or pushed me. And I didn't do that to myself. I had to get completely out of my comfort zone to actually recognize my abilities. So if you're somebody that wants to like grow and expand and have these amazing friendships or grow a business, but you're sitting in the same environment with the same people all the time, like that is on you because you're not giving yourself the opportunity to actually grow the way that you need to. Yeah, so true. It's so sometimes overwhelming to think about putting yourself in yourself in rooms with other people that you don't know. But sometimes I think look at it and just like you said, dating other women, going on coffee dates. And I've had so many quote unquote coffee dates with women where I thought to myself later, like, oh, but they didn't call me back. And I thought, well, I guess I didn't call her back either. And it was just what it was. It was a meetup. It was a connection. It wasn't an instant maybe best friend vibe. And if that's what she was looking for, or I was looking for, we got what we needed out of the conversation. We connected. And it's okay. Not everyone has yeah. a best friend. And I think that was something for me, you know, growing up, those those girls were my best friends. We all talked every single day. It was like such a different level of friendship. And then as you move into your adult life and you don't have as much free time and you want to have deeper level conversations with people, you have to kind of keep the other ones away so you have room for the depth of the other ones. And it, it can sometimes be a little confusing because we're used to friendships running at a certain way. I'll never forget the first time I went to Lori Harder's first Bliss Project. And I remember sitting in the back of the room and and the speakers were talking and people were asking questions. And we had these workbooks around where do you want to be in five years and these big goals and dreams. And I remember thinking a lot, it had a lot to do with women and friendships and because she's all about building your tribe. And I remember thinking to myself, like, I already have friends. I'm good. I don't, I don't need to be doing this. Oh, that's why these women are here. They're trying to make friends. And thinking, you know, I don't need this. And then I remember going home and thinking, I don't have anybody to share what I just w- went through with because they don't really care what I just did. They're not interested in what I'm doing. So maybe right. I do need new friends. So I went back the very next year as a volunteer and I was in a whole different headspace, just looking at people at, at, as opportunities to connect and build relationships with women I would never otherwise meet having been in the salon and then also just from where I grew up. So it opened my eyes to the different ways that we can be friends with people, which has grown my network 10x, I'm sure for you too. Yeah, 100%. I keep my inner circle really small. And I'm actually really proud that I do that because I only have so much of that energy to go around. And I also think you have to really evaluate who you let in your life. And are you constantly surrounding yourself with people that are just sucking energy out of you? And look, we all have those people in my life. I have friendships that I love and I'll cherish forever. And they're not bad people, but they're also not people that I wouldn't hang out with all the time right? Because they're they're not like giving energy, right? They're usually sucking energy. Maybe they're like negativity, bringing you down, trauma dumping on you, whatever it is. And I'm, look, I'm, I'm 
let myself hold space for those people as well. But when it comes to my inner circle, I'm really cautious who I let in. You have your inner circle and you have your outer circle. Then you have people that you network with and you're allowed to have these different groups. You don't have to have this crazy, insane depth with every single person. I couldn't agree more. And I think just hearing that permission, maybe for someone listening, they can understand that there are different tiers, I guess, of friendships or networking or acquaintances. And I love that because that gave me permission to not have to be that person who always plans the things or includes people because as a projector, I love to be invited. So I'm always like, where was my invitation? I didn't really want to go, but I wanted to be invited (laughs) because I can see now the value in other people creating their, their little niche groups and I can appreciate that for them and not feel like I wasn't included because I I do feel the same way as you and, you know, as a mom now and and just the your time is spread so thin. So speaking of time being spread so thin, you and I both have podcasts, we both have businesses and we both show up on social media. Yeah, I just want to know how I do it. I want you to share with the women that are listening now that are like, oh, okay, I got to pick like, where am I spending my energy? How am I prioritizing my productivity time? I'm only good for a few hours here or there. Maybe I'm still working a full-time job. How is it that you show up, A, as consistently as you do? And B, do you have like a strategy for how you're showing up on social? Tell us the deets. Yes. So my number one strategy for taking away imposter syndrome, being able to be more consistent with your strategy, your content, whatever it might be, is to show up as you. It takes away a hell of a lot of the pressure. If you're trying to show up like other people, if you're trying to copy and paste the content other people are doing, what is working for them, you are trying to build your business, your content, and your energy off of somebody else's strengths and not yours. And that is the most exhausting thing. And honestly, who can be consistent with constantly trying to be like somebody else? It, It would suck you dry quicker than you could possibly imagine if you shift into a phase where you're like, drown out the noise, drown out what everyone else is doing, what feels good to me, what is fun to me, what is exciting to me, content becomes a hell of a lot easier. And that's what I teach with my business clients. And I'm actually developing a content course right now for people that are feeling this way, that have imposter syndrome, that can't show up consistently and get tired of creating content. It's like, well, what if we were actually just ourselves? And I had to go through that too, because for years I created content like everyone else, cookie cutter, trying to look perfect, using all the filters. And then I I just stopped. I was like, hey, I went on my story and I'm like, just so you guys know, I've been using filters for so long and I'm not using them anymore. I'm not using them on my story, on my content. I'm going to show up as me and what I'm doing. And now you see me like dancing all over Instagram. Am I a professional dancer? Absolutely not by any means, but I have fun. I create human connection. I show who I am every single day. And because of that, my community has quickly grown from, you know, 2K to all of a sudden over 30K. Well, I mean, you could have fooled me. You definitely look like a professional dancer. So all the practice, I'm just showing up as yourself, doing the dances that you have. It looks natural because you're not trying to copy somebody or be somebody else. And that is like literally the biggest piece of advice that if we can just leave you with today on the show is that. And I think same for me. I remember around episode 30 or 40, starting to have a lot of resistance on this podcast. And I remember I called my little brother. He's 10 years younger than me. And I'm like, dude, because he he's a rapper. Okay, my brother's like a white Middle Eastern, grew up in like the white hood of San, San Diego. And I'm like, what, what are you rapping about, bro? But either way, but he's so unapologetic about that's the kind of music he likes thanks to getting picked up from preschool with his sister, you know, with the bass going and all the things. But my brother put himself through stand-up comedy 
you know, made himself get up there and just do the damn thing and fall on his face and get laughed at and get all of his reps in. So now when he stands in front of a mic, he's like so unapologetic and he's so good. He's got his own little thing and he dresses his own, you know, he doesn't give a fuck. And I love it. So it's like the coolest thing to watch. So I'm like, who else do you call? And I call my little brother and I'm like, I don't know what my problem is. And he's like, well, what are you not doing that is, you know, is is keeping you from wanting to show up? And I said, I don't know. And so we talked it out. Long story long, Beauty Inspires Beauty started to have this like kind of unspoken, like I feel like I had to be soft or feminine or a little bit girly. And I'm, I have a really, really rough edges. I love to use curse words and I love to have a really fired up tone. Like I've had three cups of coffee because I usually have. And it's usually for a shop of any. So yeah, I was ringing I, it's me. And so as soon as I, I unlocked all of that, I started just speaking from the heart and being authentic. That's the biggest feedback I get now is like, you are who you present on social and in real life. And your brand is so authentic. And I'm like, I love that. I don't even know what it means, but I, I love it. And I think people are yeah so sick of that word. But at the same time, when was the last time you just posted a story without a filter on? I mean, we could just yeah. start here. Half the time you want to sit down and create content, you have the time. It's not about the time you have what's on your mind because you just yeah. got excited to pick up your phone, but you couldn't find the right filter. The lighting was shit. It was too noisy behind you. You know, you don't feel like your your thoughts were organized enough. Who's going to listen anyways? Somebody might hear it and judge you. And that's the part that holds us all back is worrying about what everyone else is thinking. I mean, I'm guilty of it too. Don't, don't think we're not, not part of that club. But I think that strategy around just being yourself. Yeah. It is easier than we make it. We love to overcomplicate shit, don't we? I think as women, we just love to make it harder than it has to be. Yes. I was having a conversation with one of my clients the other day, and she was talking about like her morning. And she doesn't, she's like, Katie, I don't dance. Like, I can't dance. So I don't know like what to do to create fun. And I was like, well, what do you do for fun in your morning? And she was like, I make a matcha and I listen to oldies. And I was like, that is brilliant. What if you put that on your story every single morning? And maybe one morning it was like Stevie Wonder and maybe another morning it was like The Temptations or whatever it might be. Like imagine one, like when you have that music, you create that connection, you create a memory for somebody who remembers that song from somewhere. Or maybe people start are starting to want to know how you make your matcha latte and you send them a message back and tell them exactly how and you just created that connection and you just planted that seed. You know, we... we try and speak to the masses. But what I teach is if you can make one connection, if you can get rid of your ego and what people are going to think about you and drop trying to go viral or getting the most likes or the most views on something, and you just really tried to pour into one person or maybe 10 people, right? Those 10 people will turn into 100, will turn into 1,000, right? And it will just continue to snowball from there if you pour into community, if you create human connection, and if you show up as who you are every single day. I love that. Yes. See, let's simplify the process and take out the overwhelm and, and the yes. overthinking. My goodness. Okay. So talk to me about how you came up with the name for your podcast because I, I love a good name, but yours is amazing. Crying Burns Calories. Yes. And I always, every time I say it, I don't know if it's the Midwest twang or what it is. Everyone thinks I'm saying crime burns calories. The, Im the amount of people that have been like a crime podcast, I'm like, no, I love true crime podcasts, but that is not at all what mine is. But yes, crying burns calories because I, I'm a crier at heart. And I think as women, we're told we're too much. We're told 
we're emotional and we're constantly worried about the way that we look and trying to shrink our bodies. And so I'm just in general a sarcastic person at heart. And I'm also a crier. So I don't know. It just like sort of flowed. I was coming up with different names and I was like, crying burns calories is brilliant. That's it. Because that was literally, if I could think of like a phrase for my 20s, that was probably it. I love it. So it has meaning and it's obviously impactful because we we know we get what you're saying here. Okay. So tell us about the process of starting your podcast because yeah. people who listen to my show clearly are podcast listeners. Mm-hmm. So if you, you guys get a second, go scroll down into the show notes. Click on Katie's, go follow hers as well, because she's hilarious and amazing. And also, I know there's a lot of people who follow me who are like, I really want to start a podcast. I'm just not sure of a name, of a description, of who I'm speaking to, of content. Talk about content creation. Would I have enough to say for a podcast? Because I know it's not it's not like a go viral on a post on TikTok. Podcast is yeah. a long game. So walk me through your your process around starting your podcast, what you've done to grow it, and how you see it being a big part of your business. Yes. Podcast is a long game. And I love that you said that because I think like, look, you're going to get the least amount of downloads in your first couple of months. So if you're basing that off of if you should keep going or not, like you're you're in the wrong industry. But if you're focusing on helping a community and serving and you just show up consistently like we've chatted about, like that podcasting is for you. But I really started my podcast because I had shown up on social media very surface level. And I was tired of it, but I also was tired of writing out these big, long captions. And I knew I wanted to shift to more realness. I knew I wanted to start talking about, even though you guys see a smile on social media, this is what my life has actually looked like the last year. And I felt like podcasting was a really perfect platform to talk about it. I knew there was a need for not just like a nutrition and macros podcast or not just like a muscle head podcast or whatever we call them. I don't know. But I wanted to talk about overall like physical, mental, emotional health um, and really talk about how most of the times the weight we need to drop isn't the weight on our bodies as women. And so that for me was a really cool outlet to go in depth. And so if you're somebody sitting here and you're like, look, I really want a podcast on you know, educating women and That's amazing. Understanding that, yes, podcasting is a long game and I want you to have the education piece. But understanding that even if, let's say you have a lot of people in the beauty industry following this, right? So maybe you're recording a podcast on how to keep your hair in its best condition or how to get rid of your split ends. People love that and they love the tips and tricks, but they also want to know the human behind the camera right? Like I just don't want somebody giving me the tips and the education piece. I want to know their story. I want to know how they got there. And so I think it's important to bring the two together to really dive deep with your community. I agree. And I think a lot of times, you know, again, we overcomplicate the idea of showing up and having something that's going to be like a mini course every time you sit down and record and it's not. And I think that's the piece for me that's made podcasting so fun is I actually do the opposite. Yes, I want to give you the tips and tricks. And I want to share tools and strategies that have worked. And I think I do a pretty decent job, especially with the interviews. Those are, I think, the best and easiest place for a lot of us to start. Because generally, if you if you were thinking about starting a podcast, you have some sort of immediate warm network of friends or people that you already have great conversations with. Therefore, that's a perfect place to start. I think where I see a lot of resistance now with the agency and our clients over there is creating the solo episodes. And I think a lot of people, if I if I take into account what I've experienced so far, is there's a lot to share. And I think yeah. when people start to unpack their layers, 
it can also seem very overwhelming. And so my favorite piece of advice for anyone starting with podcasting is to just share what feels good for you now. It's just like when I used to teach social media classes, I would get the same resistance from stylists being like, well, I'm private. I don't want to share everyday life stuff. Like that's my personal life. And so I just retort back, share what feels natural. And I love watching people slowly unpeel the layers and go deeper and deeper. And that's a perfect place to start is more surface level in the beginning to where you can kind of start to relate and then peel back the layers. Your first five episodes don't need to be your entire life's history of all the things, unless you're ready for that, then you fucking go for it. Go for yeah. it so hard and you own that shit. But you're right about, you know, one piece of content from a pod, like one podcast episode can be repurposed into several pieces of content. And I love taking yeah. transcriptions and putting it over as a blog post and then sharing that, you know, little tidbit in an email and just staying connected to my audience, which has now become more of a community of people who know, like, and trust me for sharing advice on the things I talk about. And same for you, I'm sure. So yeah. when I look back, some of the advice I got early on when I was stepping into the online space, it was all about growth on social. It was all about numbers and people. And I remember thinking, I only have a book of about 300 clients in person. Why do I yeah. have 30,000 followers on Instagram? Yeah, I didn't understand it. I was like, can I handle 30,000 clients? It was just, it was such a different, you know, way to look at business. I was always wanting to go deep. And if you're yeah. someone who likes to connect one-on-one, -on -one, that is what podcasting does. It's me, Katie, and you right now, probably on your walk, driving in your car, dropping your kid off at school. I don't know, going somewhere in the bath. Like Keisha always says, maybe you're using your loofah in the shower right now. I don't know. But it's so personal. It's such an awesome way to just build connection with people you would never otherwise get to meet, right? Yes. And I, I also want to say this because I think with podcasting, it's really intimidating and we think we have to have the setup and the, you know, professional mic and all the things. I started my podcast sitting on my living room floor with Apple headphones. And you know that sometimes I, I'll still record episodes. If I'm traveling, I'll record episodes on my phone with Apple headphones, like sitting in a closet where it's not a lot of echo because that's how I started my podcast and that's what felt comfortable. And I honestly did that for the first, I don't know, four or five months of my podcast is every single episode was recorded on my phone. I had a virtual assistant at the time. Her cousin was clipping on the intro and outro. I mean, I did it as simple and easy as you could possibly imagine. Started it thinking that just my parents and my friends would be listening, right? Just as an outlet to here's my community, my parents, my friends not worrying about how it's going to grow in the future and how I'm going to grow it and sponsors and all of the things, which I told you in the beginning, I still don't even do that, right? Like two weeks ago, we hit number 21 in nutrition in the US. And I'm not interested in any of those other things. I'm interested in still pouring into my community and showing up for them. I love that. So good. I, it's so powerful. And that's you know, if, if you have that type of energy, that's who should have a podcast. Let's just put that out there because if you really care about serving... <laughs> then podcasting will forever be easier than for anyone who's really in it for the metrics, the KPIs, and like, not about not monetizing. Monetization can come at any point that you so choose. But if your sole purpose of doing something isn't to serve, it's going to be really difficult to stay authentic and stay the game and stay the course of really any content creation for that matter. So let's dive into what you have, because I know you've got a few different cool ways people can hang out with you, work with you. Of course, we know about the podcast, not crime, but crying burdens calories for one you guys can go tune into the episodes over there but also you help a lot of women like you said unpack some weight not necessarily on our bodies and so I think your membership is something that yeah. can get a holistic you know 
view on taking care of not just dropping a few pounds, but like working on some other things. Can you share a little bit about what that looks like? Yeah. So I have a membership called the House of Health. And I started that again because I saw a gap in the industry. There were tons of workout apps out there. There's my fitness pal and nutrition tracking apps. And I'm like, why isn't there a membership that really talks about it all? So I created the House of Health membership. We have a little bit of that, right? We have the fitness. We do two live workouts a month. We do like one hip hop dance class a month. I go in and do Q&As and lives where we dive deep into nutrition, hormones, metabolism, all of the things. But then also there's this incredible back end of programs that I offer to where they can dive into programs and really learn. My biggest thing is I don't just want to get women to their goal or their goal weight. I want to teach them how to keep it for the rest of their lives. I want to educate and empower them to where it's not just temporary, like this is long term. So that's what the membership is about. It's like high vibe, high energy, high level health. Love that. And a lot of people, if they're trying to get healthy, don't have a community of people to like talk about these things with. You either had a, sometimes I feel like I won't name names. Sometimes some people in my life all suggest things like I'm going to stop doing this or I'm not going to do this anymore. And you're really looking for someone to be like, that's great. How can I help you? Versus, yeah. oh, do you think that's a great idea? Or just ignoring the fact, I think I think not encouraging someone, hey, if that's what you feel like doing, then that's great. I'll, I'll try to help you if I can. And if we're in a community with people who are also forward thinking with that and having similar goals, it allows for you to really open up around why do you want to stop doing that? Why do you think that bad habit, if you stop, will change things for you? I knew for me, stopping to drink alcohol for a little while was going to be a game changer and kind of getting my health back in order as far as like my sleep, my stress levels. I didn't feel like I had a quote unquote problem, but you know, when you are a little bit, whether it's your phone, whether it's alcohol, whether it's smoking cigs, whatever it is that you're doing and getting around people who are encouraging of that is the first place to start. And especially for such a low ticket where you can be in community with people who just really get it with a mentor who gets you, keeps you in line to what's healthy versus these quick, you know, quick and easy or quick and hard or quick and don't work, you know, things that we see out there. So I'm so grateful that you have like a place that people can go and it's that holistic view of all the things. Yeah, absolutely. If you're not addressing things with like lifestyle, fitness, nutrition, and then mental, physical, emotional, you're sort of doing yourself a disservice, right? We spend our lives trying to just go after the physical and most of the time that that might not be holding us back, right? Or when we figure out the mental and emotional that's going on or the craziness or the stress or the sleeping or drinking or whatever might be holding us back, the physical actually becomes a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, for sure. So when you, I know you, when you moved to Denver, I had to go back a little bit. Did you seek out any mentorship or did you, besides getting into these networking events, did you have people that you really leaned on that helped you grow your business and kind of grow to the level that we see you're at now? Yes, absolutely. I am huge on investing in myself. I've always had a mentor. I made a really scary decision. I was sleeping on an air mattress. This was January that I moved here, January of not last year, but the year before. Um, so I was sleeping on an air mattress. I didn't think any of my stuff was ever going to come. At that point, I was like still hopeful and optimistic. And then finally, my family was like, Katie, it's gone. <laughs> but I literally shelled out like $10,000 to be part of this mastermind. And that was like the down payment on the mastermind. And then I had payments each month. And I literally didn't know how I was going to do it. But I knew that I needed to get into bigger spaces. I knew that I was in a really low place in my life. And at that point, I was craving community versus a one-on-one -on -one coach. I think you know what you need at the moment. And that mastermind was a huge part of my transition here in Denver and growth and transitions in my business. And it's funny, you make an investment like that and it's scary as hell. 
And then it just tenfolds on the other end. And you just know so deeply the value of investing. And now I'm lucky because I get to create those spaces and masterminds with business coaching now for women. So good. And and I think it's I love that the word mastermind and that coaching and, and podcast and all this stuff is so mainstream that we know getting in rooms sometimes does cost money, but it costs you like an old version of yourself dying off that's too scared to say yes to the bigger version of you that you know you're meant to step into, especially women that we talk to. I mean, as early as in their 20s, right? But a lot of women in their 30s and 40s who have done the thing know that where they're currently at isn't where they want to stay, but they're not quite sure what the next move is. And I think you're totally right. Whether you know you need to be in community like a mastermind or be on one-to-one mentorship, you know. You know, and if you don't know, reach out to people like Katie and I and say, hey, this is kind of where I'm at. What do you think would be best for me? It's usually pretty obvious from the outside, but also if you're if you're on the fence, definitely look into things. If if people are running events or running programs and doing the things that you want to be doing, those are who you kind of want to get around because they've gone before you. They've done the quote unquote failures. They've probably already paid, you know, upwards of 10 times as much as you're about to pay to learn the things and to get into the rooms to be a part of those networks. And I think for me, being able to expand my network with each room that I've been in has, like you said, 10x everything and created a lot more space for me to grow in ways I would have never been able to otherwise. Yes. And know that like your investing journey isn't going to go from no investing at all to all of a sudden this like high level mastermind, right? That's like way more money than you've ever put into anything. Your investing journey is probably going to start in local spaces, local events, or ones that are at least close by, drivable. You know, maybe there's an event that's five hours away that you get to drive to and you can stay overnight. Or maybe it's in memberships. Maybe it's purchasing digital courses to where you're just pouring into learning and education. And then you're like, okay, I sort of filled my foundation, right? I feel really good there. What's one up from there? Maybe I'll be part of a group program or maybe I'll hire a one-on-one coach. And then you just keep going and growing from there. So if investing in yourself seems really crazy, because I think for a lot of us, it sounds like, oh my gosh, but that's so much money. Start small and then build up from there because you will start to realize the value of these small deposits and how much they are turning over in your life that it will always be an important part of your life and your journey. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. So you have those ways to work with you. You've got your membership. You guys can listen to the podcast. I know Katie also does one-to-one coaching as well. And if you're lucky, you get to be in person with her when she emcees big events like Keisha's. I mean, she ain't going to have it next year. So maybe you have to do your own. I know. Trust me. It's sort of been on my mind. I'm sure. Now you got a good taste of it. And you basically ran part of that one and been a part of her first one and all of the things. I think you got to get the heebie-jeebies out and now you're like on that stage like a boss. Yes, exactly. I That event made me realize how much actually goes into like big live events though. I know, but you look like you've been doing it forever. She's just up there just rocking the shit, like putting us through workouts, getting us dancing, like all the things. I, I'm like, watch out. I can't wait to come to your event. Let me just say that. Just let oh, I love that. Thank you. Put me on the wait list. Oh my gosh. Okay. So where do you love to hang out? How can people get a hold of you other than the show notes down below? Yeah. So obviously you have the Crying Birds Calories podcast. My main platform is going to be on Instagram. And honestly, I tell everybody even still, I answer every single DM that comes in. I love human connection. If you have a question, if I can support you in any way, like don't feel like you can't reach out to me or send me a message. Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much for being a part of the show today. It was so great to connect with you. You guys, if you love this episode, you already know what to do. We love us some validation. Let us know. Shout us out on Instagram. Tag us. Say something. Share it with a friend. All the things. And we are just here to serve you and show up, you know, so that you feel empowered to show up as well. And that's why we got this podcast unscripted because life is meant to live unscripted. And we'll see you on the next one. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to today's podcast episode. I hope you enjoyed it. This is your friendly reminder that if a podcast is on your heart to create, we got you, boo. We created Media Unscripted to take the guesswork out of starting, launching, and growing your podcast. I knew I had to create something that I wish existed three years ago when I started the show, which, by the way, had a different name. What does that mean for you? Simply put, you don't have to have it all figured out before you start. We help take the guesswork out of launching your show and creating meaningful content that adds value. A podcast can be your main source of content that not only helps you build an audience, but connects you deeper to your community. Go to MediaUnscripted.com to learn more. Giving back is easy. Leave Unscripted your five-star rating and written review. I appreciate your support more than I could ever put into words. 